and welcome to Women Developing Brilliance. I'm your host, Casey Rossi. It's my great pleasure to present interesting stories of creative women sharing their message and lighting up the world with their presence and offerings. Get ready to be inspired. You can learn more about creating a business that you love by visiting kcrossi.com. Enjoy! My guest today is Jennifer Love. Jennifer is a thought leader with a heart that matches her name. Her degrees, training, and research in human and organizational behavioral psychology are the foundation for her clinical work. She's currently the visionary CEO of the Living Wealthy Institute, helping world leaders develop a healthy relationship with wealth. I loved our conversation. She has a beautiful uh, synergy where she combines nature and money. She is going to share with us how nature is calling us back and how that relates to money. Also, the beauty of emotions and that 90% of our money decisions are based on emotions. So we're going to dig into that. She shares her unique wealth zones and how we can begin to become balanced and shift any outdated money stories. I particularly liked this conversation because Jennifer is a natural storyteller. She uses metaphors to paint a picture and it really brings us in. It's very powerful. I know you are going to walk away with some nuggets of wisdom after listening to this conversation. Enjoy. Hey, Jennifer, welcome to the show. Hi, Casey. I'm excited to have you here and dive into all things money and mindset and wealth and all the things. So I can't wait to get started. And I want to first dive into, um, I'm so curious on how you blend together nature and wealth. I love that. Mm -hmm. I love the synergy, Mm -hmm. love the combo, very curious about it. So talk to me a little bit more about the blend of nature and wealth. Mm, well, I believe that nature has so much to teach us about wealth and all the little lessons. And, and the fun part about this is um, about, yeah, it was just a year ago, May, um, Beltane, which I'm, that it's kind of Celtic, Gaelic um, tradition is to on May 1st, which is Beltane, go out onto the land and um, cast an intention of harvest and protection on the land and to be with the land. And so last May I did that here in Santa Barbara, California, I went out from sunrise to sunset and decided to mm, have a medicine walk, a day wonder, if you might. And so there was no plan. There was no intention of what I was going to do or what it was going to be like. I just went out with a simple question. How can I access my play and my inner child even deeper and be in a state of awe? What is, what is the, the lesson? What is, the, my, what is my medicine from nature today? Mm-hmm. And so out for the whole day I went. And Casey, <laughs> the lessons that I learned about value, about manifesting, um, about uh, savoring and and when we savor how much 
more we access, how much more we get, how much more joy we experience, how we it savoring is like juicing. You know, when you juice something, you like get all the stuff out of it. Savoring, savoring in nature, being with the experience, being with ourself is like savoring. And it's like getting the juice out. And, and we can do that in our life everywhere. And, and so it was the snails that day on this day wonder that because of their sheer presence and, and their um, slow nature, that there were hundreds of them on this path that I was walking and I didn't want to crush them. And so I had to slow down. And really, and really be, really be with myself, really be with them and really check in and see, hmm, is that big mountain that's really tall way over there? Is that really what I want to do today? Mm-hmm. Or is what I really want to do today? Just take it easy. Soak up and savor. And so Mr. Snail that day tapped me into being with what I wanted, right? And how can we in our, in our life, in our relationship with money, how can we possibly have a healthy relationship with our finances or money if we don't really know what it is that we actually want? If what we are going after is an idea of what we think we're supposed to do or have, I love what you're talking about. And I think that we, um, in general, go at such a rapid pace that that becomes our normal. And it is rare that we stop and that we savor and that we even uh, turn our devices down and, and out of our viewpoint to even look to nature for those recognizing, um, recognizing the beauty. So I'm curious as a little girl, were you always into nature and signs and symbols? And it sounds like a little mysticism or was there a turning point that opened your eyes to that world of wonder? You know, I remember as a little girl being in love with the animals and nature, there was an experience. I remember I was, oh, I must've been like three or four years old and we lived in Oklahoma and we had this nice big property and there were all these tiny little baby frogs, like hundreds of them. And, and I had these little like blue jean overalls on and I was like putting all the little frogs in my pocket and, you know, I just wanted to like hug them. I just wanted to be with them. Right. And so being, <laughs> being with nature and being with the animals has been a part of my life since I can remember and learning from them, listening to them and communicating with them, especially the birds for me has been, has been always. Mm, that's awesome. What, uh, what totem do you relate to when, when I hear these animals and these birds? And I, I love the fact that you bring in Celtic into your work and life. And I'm wondering if you have a spirit totem that you align with. You know, it's it's been evolving. The bird, for sure, not necessarily a particular kind of bird, although I did discover that um, my name uh, traces back into the raven. Um, yeah. And so that was interesting. Um, but birds, 
in particular, I remember going to Australia several years ago and you know, I live in the Northern hemisphere. So the birds in the Southern hemisphere are incredibly different. And there was this parakeet at the um, Sydney Botanical Garden. And this little parakeet wanted to put on a show. It was, it was a wild parakeet, but it was so just joyful and so happy and so wanted to be in relationship with an audience and just being tickled by the birds. Um, and this particular nature walk that I did that I was telling you about earlier you know, even a bird after I had a thought about, you know, gosh, it would be, wouldn't it be wonderful to have a walking stick? And literally 30 feet out as I turned the corner from having that thought and being in a completely open and place of possibility, a bird swoops down, stares at me, and and it's like it was telling me something. So I, I walk a little closer and, and it had literally landed on a stick. So I grabbed the stick and sure enough, the stick is exactly the height that I need for a walking stick. <laughs> and so I, <laughs> I went on for the rest of the day. Well, actually about half the way through the day with this walking stick that had just been delivered to me by, through this message of the bird right oh, in front yeah. of me because I was so open to receiving. Yeah. I love right? that. I think that there are so many magical moments um, just waiting for us to notice them. And I, I'm really hoping that the listeners take away um, the power of the pause and being open and having that intention and being in that receptive mode because there's some pretty cool things that I think await all of us. So I love the fact that you have that um that vibe about you. It really comes through. I'm curious, Jennifer, how does alchemy come into play when it comes to the financial aspect of humanity? Hmm. Well, I see that we have four different aspects in our humanity. Um, And those aspects are what really make up what I call our wealth gardens and wealth zones. And that is our spiritual aspect, right? That's where our sense of purpose, one might say, our sense of belonging, our calling. Um, It's also where generational wealth and our legacy is housed. And then we have our emotional wealth zone, an aspect of self. And that's where all of the intelligence and our relationship about how to be with money is housed. And in fact, a lot of people will ask me, Jennifer, what does what does emotion have to do with money? I'm like, well, let me put it to you like this. All of the science and research is showing us that more than 90% of all of our financial decisions are being made based on our emotions. So what do our emotions have to do with money? Well, pretty much everything because only 10% is being made on logic or analysis. And then there's the third wealth zone and that's the mental wealth zone. That's where all of our thoughts, the narratives, whether they're true or not, or whether they're inherited or whether we created them, our beliefs that are true or not true, that's where all of that is housed, the ideas that we have, right? Access to trust in our decision-making. And then in the fourth house, that's really the wealth zone of our physical aspect of our humanity. That's that's where all of our financial behaviors are housed. Are we invoicing on time? Are we setting it up to receive with ease, right? Are we um, paying ourselves first? 
Um, how are we being generous in the world? Right? Um, are our values aligned with how we make decisions about our our finances? And are we pricing ourselves appropriately? Are we valuing ourselves in that um, that price? Right? That's where all of that is housed. And so it's really the alchemy between these four different wealth guards that make up, I believe, our capacity and our ability and the quality of our ability to live wealthy. And so living, yeah, go ahead. And so living wealthy to me is two, two parts. It's the external freedom, right? But it's also the internal freedom and what's happening on the inside of us. So it's our Ability with financial freedom to be able to not have to work if we don't want to, to be able to live off of and even grow our physical assets. But it's also the ability to be deeply satiated and satisfied and joyful and feel full and valuable and nourished. Absolutely. Where do you think most people get stuck out of those four wealth zones? (laughs) Depends on the person, really. But um, I, I, I say in general, in large part, it's in the emotional wealth zone. And, I, and my belief is that why that's happening is because we, as a society, in large part, have made, and, and especially uncomfortable, intense emotions, wrong. Like anger? No, we're not supposed to have that. No. Sadness? No, no, no. Don't cry. Right? Actually, crying is incredibly cleansing. It's a detoxifier. It's an emotional detoxifier. Please cry. Have your cry. Let it out. Let it go so that you can access relief on the other side of it. You know what's on the other side of sadness and what it transmutes into? Joy. Mm -hmm. Just watch the movie, the animated movie Inside Out, right? There's There's the illustration right there. And so, so that's where I see that in large part as leaders and humans, um, but I'm studying leaders and entrepreneurs, um, that's where we're getting stuck. And so what action can we take as people that are leaning into being advocates for emotions as trendsetters, as leaders, how do we blaze the trail to bust any old paradigms that emotions are weak and anger is wrong? Yeah. Well. It requires some courage um, because it's not what we're often in practice of and it's not what society necessarily is telling us is okay to do. And yet, when we actually still and quiet ourselves and we begin to ask our emotions questions like, what do you want me to know? Or what do you want me to see? Or what's happening for me? Because I believe that emotions are our friends. They're like a little fun buddies. They they house a lot of information that they want to tell us, but if we block it, then we can't access that intelligence. So it, it's about beginning to do some real um, intentional self-inquiry. I love contemplation, right? So asking yourself a question like, what am I avoiding because I'm afraid to look at my finances, at my relationship with money, at how I feel about wealth? Ooh, juicy. Right. Yeah. There's some there, there's some good stuff in that, right? And so we can contemplate and begin to and begin to inquire about well, what what is this telling me? What am, what is happening for me? And then we can even get into the physical part of ourself, right? And 
and, and do what I call pandiculation. So the animals pandiculate, you know how like a cat stretches and it like goes down, it's like, oh, and it's, yeah. <laughs> it's doing yeah. that stretch, right? We can do that too. We can actually pandiculate. And when we do that, we're literally squeezing into our muscles and into our bodies. And if we breathe into that, we can absorb all of the nourishment from the oxygen of that breath and take what we need in the moment into the part of the body that needs it and move things through us. How cool is that? Oh, that's beautiful. It's beautiful and it's empowering. It's something that once we learn the tools and technique, you know, we can, it's repeatable, which I love. I love that aspect where you're armed with the tools and you can dig into your toolbox whenever you need it. So that is exciting. Did you ever just wish there was a group of high vibe women entrepreneurs that you could hang out with? A place where you could share your wins, get a biz question asked, and be around people that just get you. Well, there is my friend. It's my Women Developing Brilliance Facebook group. I created a place on the web where like minds and open hearts could continue the conversations that we start here on the podcast. Fulfill your desire to develop friendships with women from around the globe. Women who are on the solopreneur journey, just like you. Now more than ever, we are craving authentic connections. Believe me, your voice matters, your work matters, and having the support of a close-knit community can make all the difference in the world. So head over to Facebook and go to facebook.com slash groups slash Women Developing Brilliance and request to join my private Women Developing Brilliance Facebook group, the gathering place for heart-centered female entrepreneurs looking to create an impact, increase their income, and connect deeply with themselves and others in the process. I can't wait to welcome you in my Women Developing Brilliance Facebook group, where you'll be encouraged to introduce yourself, ask a question, and meet other ambitious lightworkers just like you. Again, it's facebook.com slash groups slash women developing brilliance. I'll catch you there. So if we have a listener that is like, I, I'm digging that self-inquiry question, the what am I avoiding? And they, they journal it out. Uh, how can they begin to change their money story? Well, that's quite a process, right? And there, there are many different layers to our money stories, right? Just like in the garden, um, in the soil of the garden. And I come from a family of gardeners and farmers and been gardening my whole life. Um, but any good gardener knows that um, in the soil, there are different layers of it, right? There's the pebbles on top and then there's some like bigger rocks. And then underneath that are some boulders and maybe there's more rocks under the boulders and then you kind of get to the sand. And so you can't expect to go from the top all the way straight down into the polders, right? You, you take a layer at a time. And, and yet it's important to, to take that time in the appropriate time, our own unique pacing. And I oftentimes people are like, I want it to all be done now. And I'm like, I get it. <laughs> and, and, and we as humans, like I've been studying human development and behavior for 20 years now, right? We as humans just don't work like that right? We have just like nature and it has its own slow, unique growth process. So do we in our own unique inner evolution. We have our own pacing. And, and if we resist that pacing and try to speed it up, we actually slow it down. 
So the, the lesson of the turtle really comes in here as, you know, slow and steady really does win. And, and that's true in our evolution, because if we really go with our natural pacing and lean into the inquiry and then begin to maybe get into support and look at like create a money date for yourself or with your partner, maybe that's your business partner, or maybe that's your life partner and begin to look at, well, what is happening? How am, how are we making decisions? What am I avoiding here? What do I need to examine or what do I want to examine? And maybe not just the hard numbers, but that's important because there's a lot of information there. There's a lot of information and data. I love data. Mm -hmm. And how do I, how am I in terms of how I'm being, how, how I'm feeling about how I'm valuing myself? I could track and measure that too. Cool. And every week I could be looking at that for myself right? And saying, hmm, where do I want to take the next step? And maybe I need some support with someone like Jennifer Love, where, you know, I'm doing a workshop or, you know, private money therapy, right? Or whatever that might be for you, right? And, and so those are the kinds of steps that we can begin, we can, we can begin to take. Yeah. I, and I, I'm digging that. And I'm also, I, I can feel like the impatient mind not wanting to take the time to go through the layers and the process and the pebbles and all of that, where we are really programmed and wired, right. For instant gratification, it's getting even more so with the rise of, you know, digital technology, media apps, the whole bit. So I'm wondering if you have any strategies for people to pause take a breath, honor and embrace their process and ease into it to get the most out of it and not delay their progress and results. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, actually taking the time, like literally scheduling that pause, that power pause, I call it, um, scheduling that power pause. And, and rather than it being a routine, which the word routine to me, the energy around that often is like a have to, but if we actually turn it into a ritual, the energy for me around ritual is more like I get to. It's special. It's sacred time for me, right? And if you're having trouble actually setting time aside to pause, there that might actually be an indication and evidence that you're not making yourself matter. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Absolutely. And and, and, and so there we need to start there. <laughs> That's so exciting, right? Because you're right. There's more data and it's not about shaming ourselves, but it's about shining a light on where is the gap? Because that is the bigger issue. If you don't have that time for the power pause, like you just said, that is step one before you even get into your wealth garden and your zones and you know all of the alchemy goodness, like you got to go right back to square one. That's right. That's exactly right. And it doesn't mean it's going to take a lifetime and it doesn't mean that it's going to be hard. I have, I have a client that recently described this work and this body of work is like, it's like joy in the dirt. And I was like, and I was like, Lisa, that's like the perfect way to put it. It's joy in the dirt. It's dirty. It's, it gets gritty. You know, I'm running, I'm, I'm running a workshop starting tomorrow. It's called getting dirty. And like, it's like, we're getting into the soil. But like, I love having the soil in my hands. I love smelling the earth. I love help taking someone's hand and walking them into the soul of themselves and taking a look 
about what's there and, and where are, where are all of those rocks and how do we get them out? Yeah. And then once they're out, okay, you know, it's kind of, well, it's kind of like, you know, backing the dump truck in beep, 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 beep. And like, let's get the shovels and like, get it all out the, the excavation process and rediscovering like the foundation of who you are because you were so covered up by all of those rocks. So you couldn't really even see what you want or who you are in the foundation of your own natural sovereignty. Yeah. And, and then, it's exciting. It's exciting. And I can see where your focus is on leaders because you have to be ready for this work and you have to be willing to do the work, willing to get into yes. the into the dirt, as you say, yes. peel back and look at the shadow side, and also um, embrace and honor this this deep sense of healing is what I'm getting a sense of from you. And what's coming up is you know how they say how we do one thing is in life is how we do everything, and I'm really curious to mm-hmm. see when you start healing these money wounds and outdated false money stories. What other kind of positive ripple effects have you seen in your clients that just create a massive transformation or metamorphosis? Casey, this feels like a really intuitive question. I just want to recognize and acknowledge you in asking that because that feels like a very important and powerful question to ask. Yes, there are a lot of other things that end up happening. What I'm seeing in my work and in, in my clinical research is that our relationship with money, when we are in process of evolving that and, and growing into a healthy wealth steward, I call it, or a healthy wealth being, mm. then our relationship with our body and food really begins to shift. Our, rela- our relationship with pleasure and sex begins to improve. Mm. Our relationships with our friends, our loved ones, our intimate partners, begins to deepen, evolve, ripen, become more satisfying. And then those who don't want to go on the journey with us, that's okay. Mm-hmm. They, they, kind of, they kind of fall away and that's okay. But what happens is you, you build not only a, a, a stronger network with yourself, but you call in the network around you to be deeper and more supported. Yeah, I love it. It's it's beautiful. It's it's such an exciting um, path of optimizing. I'm all about the Kaizen philosophy of never-ending improvement. And it's very, very exciting to recognize and really lean into the positive ripples that this is not only going to have in your own life, but everybody around you. And you get to be that leader that inspires others to be like, hey, if they can do it, I can do it too. So I'm getting really jazzed about this. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I'm so curious what a big myth out there is that you want to bust when it comes to having a healthy relationship with wealth. I don't know if I totally got that question. Can you ask it one more time? Yeah. So I know a lot of people have like a certain mindset when it comes to like, is a healthy relationship with wealth even possible? And I'm wondering like uh, what, what big myth out there that you're like, you know what, that's just bullshit. And I'm going to bust it right now. <laughs> that making money has to be hard. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a really common myth, especially amongst leaders and entrepreneurs. 
And it's almost like an epidemic. And I know this to be true because, well, I I was doing it too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And the truth is that making money doesn't have to be hard. When we get those rocks and pebbles and boulders out of our wealth zones and we come back to our natural sovereignty, it's not hard anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying now, I'm not saying that it's just all easy, but it's simple. Mm -hmm. It's simple, right? And simple and easy are very different things. It's joyful. It's fulfilling. It's for, it, it, it's so, it's like the, the money that grows in the bank accounts, which it absolutely does. And the real estate or the investments grow. Absolutely. And you know what, Casey, ultimately that's like the cherry on top. Mm -hmm. That's really what that ends up being. And so do you believe that we have the power to go back into some of the ancestral programming that has dropped all of those uh, tapes, all of those deep grooves of hard work is honest work. And in order to be wealthy, I'm going to have to do the grind lifestyle. Uh, I'm, I'm really curious about that process for you and, and how you kind of unveil that for your clients. Yeah. Well, I'm not an epigeneticist. Uh, and I'm not a, a spiritual energy worker in that way. Uh, so I won't speak to it as though I am. However, I do have a lot of information around this. Uh, and, and so, for example, earlier this year, I, I had my DNA. I, I've had lots of DNA um, samples done, but this was a particular company called Aperion. And they look at all kinds of my genes, including the warrior versus the warrior um, gene. And so I have a tendency towards the worrier gene, not the warrior gene. So um, I was like, yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense because over my life, I've struggled with a lot of anxiety. I didn't even know that I had anxiety and I was having anxiety. I was like, I just thought that was normal. That's just, isn't that everyone doing that? Yeah. No. <laughs> and, and no, it was just, you know, cause I inherited that gene. But what's cool about these things and how, how our genes start to express through us in story and narrative, right. And how we think we're supposed to be in it is that we can begin to, to turn off the expression of that gene, even just through, um, diet, diet, exercise, but also through the beliefs that we're, we're having literally turning the switch, even in the language, I doctor, a friend of mine, Dr. Catherine Guiley, she said, Words are like casting a spell. And so choose your words carefully. Mm-hmm. What are you telling yourself about your relationship with money? What are, you, what are you telling yourself about yourself? Be careful because that expression, that, that spell of the spelling of the word literally is casting a spell in how you're expressing your genes. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, for me, like I was born into the body of a mother who had been in this, in like serious trauma, um, literally thrown through a windshield of a car and glass in her skull and undiagnosed brain damage and, you know, in a coma, like in a coma for over a month. So like we're born into the bodies of those who have traumas before us and their, their parents and their parents and 
on and on and on. And so all of that is literally being transferred to us. And some of it isn't even ours, right? So we're carrying in our genes things that we can't even quantify or look at or don't know how to look at yet in terms of the physical DNA. It's so interesting. Oh my gosh. Yes. I'm just going to pause you there for a second because this is so good. And I feel like there is a powerful imprinting that comes um, in this process that you're talking about. I love the fact, I just want to rewind to the point where you said what part of that belongs to us. And that feels really, really important. And especially when it has to do with the money story to delineate between the difference, unthread it, take the learning lesson and leave the rest in our rear view mirror. Yes. Yes. Amazing. We can, we can, we can compost the things that are not true. I have a whole process I do with composting those things that are not true and choosing and training our brain like we would train a puppy, Mm -hmm. right? Our brain is kind of like a little puppy. It's like, ah, you know, and if you want it to go potty outside in a particular area, you've got to be consistent and take it to that spot. Well, our brain is the same way. If we want to believe or hold on to or have a way of thinking about something, well, we've got to keep bringing our brain back to that over and over and over and over and over and over again consistently, even if it takes a thousand times until one day, just like the puppy comes and gets you and tells you, wants to go outside and it goes in that particular part of the yard, your brain will literally one day just do it. And because that's where the ease and joy it. comes in. Absolutely. That's right. This is the full circle of coming back to ease and joy. You put in the patterns and you, with the intention and repetition, this is where your brain now becomes like your biggest benefactor. It's not fighting you. We don't have that monkey mind of resistance. And the the most exciting piece, the beauty part of, of this is it's within our potential to rewrite these stories, these stories of the past, these stories that maybe didn't belong to us, but somehow through karma, through however you want to name it, did land somehow in our cellular imprints. So I love the fact that we can change the story through that and that it can be a predictable pattern. You know, I, I think that that's a really important thing because sometimes I feel when something gets into something that sounds mystical or magical, many people will take a step back and be like, that's not me. I'm not intuitive or I don't really know that or that feels woo. But what I'm hearing from you is that there is a system, there are like layers of framework, and there's a process that anybody can drop into and get relief and results. That's right. Yeah, that's amazing. So Jennifer, as we kind of get to the the end of our conversation, I feel like I can speak to you for for ages. I'm digging digging the topic. Um, uh, But I'm really curious as a female entrepreneur and a thought leader, if we were just going to like put our future telling hat on for the fun of it, uh, what do you predict is going to occur in your space in the upcoming years? Mm. Well, I think we're going to see I think we're going to see a real movement into reconnecting with nature. I mean, we already have a planetary movement in that direction on some level, but I think it's going to grow because nature is very much calling us back right now um, very, very loudly. And by the way, we don't need to be afraid for her. We need to be afraid and have reverence of her. Mother Earth. She knows how to kick our ass. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. Right? Yeah. 
And so just, just kind of like putting this in context here of who's really the boss. Yeah. Um, and there's a, there's a whole body of research that's happening that I'm actually getting involved in um, around um, emotionality, psycho-emotionality and money and how we are relating with our emotions and how that's affecting our finances. Exciting. Oh, I can't wait. Uh, that's going to be really, really exciting. And how can people learn more about you and your work and any upcoming research or projects or workshops that you have on the docket? Mm-hmm. Well, head over to jenniferlove.com. And next week, yay, April 21st, um, my show, The Nature of Money, is launching on Apple Podcast and Spotify. So I'd love for, for those who are listening to come join me there too. Congratulations. That's awesome. I will absolutely make sure. Yes. It's, it's such an intimate platform and I I love it. I think you're going to do fabulously. I will definitely drop the links in the show notes so listeners can tune in. Um, I'm excited for that. And if you were going to leave everyone with a few words, some bright light wisdom, what would it be? Yeah, I would say I, I give you a dare. I dare you to be free. I dare you to access the choice of your sovereignty. I dare you to be whole in your relationship with money. Mm, who doesn't love a good dare? We got a triple dare. So our work <laughs> is cut out for ourselves. I love it. Thank you so very much for your wisdom. It's truly been a pleasure to connect with you. Thank you so much, Casey. Yeah, take good care. I hope you enjoyed today's episode on women developing brilliance. If so, head on over to Apple iTunes and subscribe to this podcast. And I'd be grateful if you could leave a review or rating so more people can benefit from these inspirational stories about the solopreneur journey. Thank you.